This is Radio Free Hillsdale, 101.7 FM. I'm Scott Bertram. We're joined now by Tom Opry. He is a film director, a cinematographer, TV producer, conservationist, human rights advocate, and also executive director of the Shepherds of Wildlife Society. You can find more at shepherdsofwildlife.org. He's on campus here at Hillsdale College as part of the speakers series for our Nimrod Education Center. Tom, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. I want to say a big thanks to the Nimrod Society and Al Stewart and the college. The Shepherds of Wildlife Society, let's let's start there. Why is the image of, of a shepherd one that you found meaningful to sort of lead and name the organization after? Well, you know, that's a great question. You know, we at our core are made up of, of wildlife photographers and outdoor filmmakers, and we're out in nature. We see what's going on. We see man's impact on the world's wildlife population and their habitat. And in many cases, it's not very pretty. You know, we're not leaving this land better than we found it. And so we've taken our talents, you know, in this, na- you know, in this day and age of, of the internet uh, with information and technology advancing like it is, we're utilizing those talents and the content we created in order to educate the broader public. We think there's a huge disconnect out there in modern society, mostly urban society, where they get all their information from places like Walt Disney or Madison Avenue. Mm-hmm. Uh, I asked some kids today at, here at the university in the conservation biology class, how many of you guys have negotiated the, uh, the grocery list with your dog uh, <laughs> or talked to the white-tailed deer and said, don't eat mom's uh, you know, roses in English. And of course, nobody has. So We actually do at home. We tell the deer to stay away from the, the flowers. It doesn't work. Just yeah, doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. So basically, our mission is to reconnect modern society with nature. And in many cases, it's a parallel mission to the Nimrod Society here based at Hillsdale. And uh, we just come about it in a little bit different angle. Again, utilizing those talents as communicators and uh, in the visual arts. And that really, it really has an impact when you utilize the internet. You know, everybody's got an Instagram account. Everybody's mm-hmm. on Twitter. Everybody's got Facebook. And so our goal is to get that information out to the broader public so they understand what's going on. And in my case, I've been a filmmaker for over 30 years. Uh, everything from feature films to documentaries for Shark Week for Discovery Channel to high-end TV commercials. And, and I did that for about three decades and decided, hey, I need to do something a little bit more worthwhile. So uh, a bunch of us got together and we formed a 501c3. That's the Shepherds of Wildlife Society. And, and really getting to the crux of your question is, is the fact that is, as humans, we have an impact over almost every square inch of this planet. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if you're in Mount Everest. Uh, you know, the highest point in the world where there's trash, oxygen bottles, over 100 dead bodies to the lowest point of the earth, which is the Marianas Trench. And the shepherd there, you know, it, it represents humans. It represents the fact that we uh, have a responsibility to be good stewards of the land. When it comes to conservation, what are we doing right now? What's the model here in North America? Our North American conservation model is absolutely critical. I mean, it's the reason why we have birds in your bird feeder. Mm-hmm. It's the reason why there's deer and turkeys in your backyard. Because without hunters and that conservation model, that modern conservation ethos that really came to being in that turn of the century, 1900s, with guys like Teddy Roosevelt and George Bird Grinnell, that has allowed for those things to exist. That's why we have national parks and national forests and all the wonderful things that everybody loves. But we seem to forget in our modern society that it takes some loving care to take care of these things. And it takes responsibility and good stewardship. And, and that's one thing that hunters and sportsmen, hunters and fishermen have been able to do, not only uh, boots on the ground, but on their pocketbook. You know, these folks have spent, I mean, literally billions and billions of dollars uh, you know, hunting and fishing creates as an economic model. And that's really the key thing here is mm-hmm. that things exist in our world if they have a value. If we like them, we take care of them. 
you know, the reason why we, uh, so many endangered species here in North America have come back, you know, whether it be alligators or be eagles and, and so many other animals out there is because mostly it's hundred dollars that have gone into the conservation, you know, and so, you know, they're paying for the wildlife biologists, they're paying for the game wardens that protect the resources. Um, not all the expenses, but the vast lion's share of that. And, uh, and because, you know, you find one species of animal that's, that's hunted, you'll never find one that's ever gone extinct in the modern age mm -hmm. because we care about them and we take care of them. So we see those populations, uh, you know, proliferate and, and be healthy, you know, in a healthy environment. So it's really critical that we take that responsibility and being the shepherd of wildlife is really important. You have a film called Killing the Shepherd. Spent some time in the rural parts of Zambia. What were the stories that you're, you were trying to tell? What did you find? Well, you know, in the world of nature documentaries, uh, the vast majority of them are about, you know, wonderfully done documentaries uh, from England and from Discovery Channel and, and uh, uh, National Geographic. Just beautiful spectacles of the, the majesty of, of natural world. Unfortunately, they, they miss out on the, you know, the 10,000 pound gorilla in the room, humans, us. And as I alluded to before, you know, the, the issue that we have a serious impact on the world. And so what we chose to do is, is, is to create films that tell the story of these rural communities. Again, these are the people that live with the wildlife. They're the ones that take care of that resource. And it doesn't matter if it's in Africa or if it's in Montana or even Northern Michigan. Uh, you have a situation where people are out there interacting with it, taking care of it. They're seeing a benefit. And if they see that benefit, they'll take care of it. And that's about what the film is in Africa. It's a story of a rural community led by a woman chief, which is very rare for that part of the world. And uh, in her, you know, really was plan to, to eradicate poverty with her people by waging a war against illegal wildlife poaching. Uh, the wildlife created a value historically for them. Uh, it's a very complex story, uh, and uh, it, it's one that was not easy to film. Uh, it took me about 100, 120 days in country over the course of three and a half years to be able to document what happens. And it's, uh, it's raw, it's gritty, it's real. Um, but it's really important that the broader public, folks that don't really have a connection with nature except through the Walt Disney Worlds and the nature documentaries, watch a film like this because they really will see what, man's impact is and what we, we can do to make things better, mm -hmm. uh, not only for the wildlife, but for people. And that's the one thing that's really important is that we need to make sure that, that these folks that do work with wildlife see a value for taking care of it. And we have situations going on abroad, also here in the United States, where uh, we want to stop the importation of hunting trophies. I mean, we see the thing called the Cecil Act. Uh, unfortunately, what you're telling these rural communities is that the wildlife has no value. If you tell them that the American hunter or European hunter shouldn't spend eighty or $100,000 U.S. going on a safari for whatever, a lion, an elephant, or whatever it is, it's, that's the cost these guys spend. They spend a lot of money doing this, and it's a very small number of people that do this. But that money goes to pay for the conservation for all of the animals within that ecosystem, and it by providing a value, an economic stimulus uh, to the people on those communities, then they're much more apt to take care of it. Because if you tell them that that lion or that elephant or whatever it is has no value, they'll kill it. Mm -hmm. They'll poison it because it's competing with them. It's that age-old human-wildlife conflict issue. Tom Oprey is with us. He is executive director of the Shepherds of Wildlife Society, more at shepherdsofwildlife.org. Some will look and say, how, how is hunting compatible with this idea of conservation? You're 
by definition, taking things out of the wild. So what are the uh, what are the benefits, the societal benefits, the conservational benefits of consumptive sports? Well, I think there are two things here. One is I hate the word sports. Hunting is not a sport. Hunting is an is, is a age-old tradition that goes back to the beginning of time for humanity where we have put ourselves in that environment in order to survive. Now, in this day and age, we outsource our killing. So we don't necessarily have to go out and hunt in order to feed our families like we had to do centuries and, and thousands of years ago. Uh, but I think people need to understand that conservation is being a term that's been uh, misused, to say lightly. Uh, it's being utilized by groups of people that are really pushing a preservationist uh, agenda. Uh, the idea here is the definition of, you know, just look it up in Webster's. You know, conservation is the wise use of a natural resource. And I'll add the wise use and stewardship mm-hmm. of a natural resource. Again, going back to our modern conservation ethos here in, in North America, uh, you know, we have a value, we see a value from the wildlife, we take care of it, we have a whole group of millions of hunters and fishermen that go out and utilize these resources and they pay lots of money. I mean, just federal excise taxes last year, the uh, Pittman-Robertson Act collected $1.1 billion. And that's not just from hunters, but that's also your target shooters. You know, anybody who buys archery tackle, all that's a federal excise tax and and folks pay for that and that money goes into all 50 states fishing game agencies. It doesn't go to the IRS. Goes Department of Interior. Department of Interior goes ahead and delegates that all out there. I don't know a whole lot of people that don't buy a hunting license or a duck stamp that would be willing to check off the $250 box on their tax return to put it towards wildlife and habitat conservation. Do you? Probably not. Yeah. So, Both the Nimrod Education Center, the Nimrod Society, and Shepherds of Wildlife have this idea, uh, putting a premium on the importance of education, really informing people what the, the status quo is, and what we can work towards. How will that education lead to solutions that will again lead to a better stewardship of, 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 our, of our Earth in the future? Well, I, the biggest problem we have is that there aren't very many sportsmen in, in this planet. Now, if you look at any U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service data for, for sales of hunting license in the United States, only about five, four or five percent of the population buys a hunting license in any given year. So it's really important that we figure out ways that we can educate that 70, 75, 80 percent in the middle who really don't care about hunting uh, unless they see something stupid on social media or they see these weaponized social media posts from, from the anti-hunting groups because these people, you know, those people are only interested in one thing, power and money. Mm. They're not, they could care less about wildlife because actions speak louder than words. And if you're not putting your boots on the ground, if you're not doing what North American sportsmen and sportsmen around the world have done, which is basically create value for wildlife because we care about it and we take care of it. And we allow those rural communities that see that benefit, whether it be in Zambia or someplace in one of the stands or, or Montana or Northern Michigan, you know, think about the, the amount of economic impact of opening day of deer season in Michigan is, you know, the amount of money that's spent. There's little towns throughout northern Michigan that would not survive today if it wasn't for the number of hunters and sportsmen that came up into those places to hunt and fish and recreate and spend that money there, whether they're, they're going to the grocery store or the bar, the restaurants, uh, the sporting goods stores, the gas stations, I mean, you name it, the hotels, motels, buying land building cabins, buying boats, buying trucks from Detroit, you know, buying RVs, all these things they do because they want to be connected to the outdoors. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's fascinating. My, my father wrote for Outdoor, Outdoor Life and Field and Stream and he spent 20 some years also writing for the Detroit Free Press. And he did a survey back in the late 70s or 80s about why people 
hunted. And, uh, you know, it, it was fascinating. I, I just, again, I will never forget it, but the least important reason of the top 10 reasons why people hunted back then was to kill something. Hmm. The number two and number one reasons, the number two reasons was to spend time in the outdoors. And the number one reason was to spend time in the outdoors with friends and family, the mm-hmm. camaraderie of it. And, and I've seen that my whole life. You know, I, I haven't really been in the hunting world per se. I've been in the film world and I've been able to kind of watch it from, from an outside perspective. And, uh, you know, it, it's been fascinating to see how it comes together. And I think, you know, it doesn't matter what your socioeconomic background is. It doesn't matter what your religion is. It doesn't matter what your culture is. I think we all can agree as long as humans have walked on two feet, we've hunted. Tom Opry, he is a film director, cinematographer, TV producer, conservationist, human rights advocate, and also executive director of Shepherds of Wildlife Society. You can find more at shepherdsofwildlife.org here on campus, part of the Speakers Series for Hillsdale's Nimrod Education Center. Tom, thanks so much for joining us. Well, I just want to add one more thing. If folks would like to see Killing the Shepherd, you can find it on Amazon Prime now. It's also on Tubi, Zumo, and you can go to killingtheshepherd.com. I'm Scott Bertram. More of our interviews and conversations can be found online. Go to RadioFreeHillsdale.com and click on the Student Shows and Features tab. And I'm Scott Bertram on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM.